Hello my young dinosaur friends, this is Ranger Martin speaking to you directly from the Dinosaur Experience. Now, if you don't know who we are and what we are, let me explain. We're a very small company, a family company, and we bring dinosaurs to schools, to libraries, to summer camps, to public events, to business openings, um, and birthday parties, and we will travel anywhere. We're based in Watson, Louisiana, and we are, as far as we know, the only company in Louisiana that will bring dinosaurs to you. We have lots of fun. Our dinosaurs are very mischievous. And if you want to see a bit more about us, you can always go to our website, thedinosaurexperience.com, or you can look for us on Facebook. Now, talking about Facebook, if you're into dinosaurs, we really want you to join the Dinosaur Experience for Kids Facebook group. Now, there's several reasons why. Main reason being is it, because it's a group, you can actually interact with us. So you can put any pictures up, you can put any stories you may have, any photographs, any pictures of your toys, anything like that. We'd be fascinated to see them. Another really good reason is we actually do a live broadcast on there. So we do like a li live video broadcast that goes directly to our Facebook page and our group, The Dinosaur Experience for Kids. And it also goes directly to YouTube, and LinkedIn, and LDTV, Twitch, and Twitter. But if you join the Facebook group, that's a great place to watch our shows. If you miss any, then you can always go to our website and see them, or you can go to our YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe, that really helps us out. If you're into dinosaurs, don't miss out on that. Now, today's show, today's show is a direct cut from one of our live shows when we were looking at the Erasmusaurus. Um, and it's a great show. Now, you will notice that occasionally I mention pictures that I've put up. I try not to do that because I'm aware that I'm going to use it for audio only, but I keep messing up. So I'm so sorry about that. If I'm talking about pictures, if you want to see them, go and look on our YouTube page or our Facebook group and you'll be able to see the pictures that I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the, the actual quality. The information is still great. And I hope that you're going to learn something today. So anyway, let's get on with it. Um, so, some news. Let's see what's going on in the dinosaur world. This is some news that's hit my radar. There may be other stuff out here, but this is some of the fascinating stuff that I've been keeping my eye on uh, lately. So, here we have um, a recent discovery uh, in Portugal. Okay, so this was discovered, believe it or not, in somebody's backyard. A guy went out and he found... Um, some fossils in his backyard and it was first noticed back in 2017 so a long time ago about five years ago but they've just now managed to get a team together to come and extract this fossil that the guy found now it's about 82 foot long um, and it was discovered as we said in Portugal in a town called Pombal in the gentleman's backyard uh, he discovered it first of all in 2017 but they started uncovering it just this week they believe it's probably a Brachiosaurus, which would put it about 160 to 100 million years ago in the late Jurassic time. And they believe it probably is the largest dinosaur ever to have been discovered in Europe. And you can see there from some of these images, what an amazing 
fossil find this is. Those rib cages, if you look at the people standing next to them, it's an absolutely incredible find that somebody's just stumbled across in their backyard in Portugal. And not just, I mean, when I looked on the map at Pombal, it's actually a very urban area. In, it's not out in the sticks in the, in the countryside. It's an urban town. So for somebody to find this, it's absolutely incredible. Another find I was taking notice of is, is um, he was, it, it's a hadrosaur, okay? And he's been discovered in Alberta, Canada, and in an area known as the Dinosaur Provincial Park. And it's, it's called that because they've discovered roughly four to 500 skeletons have all been found in this one area in about Alberta, Canada. Now, while hadrosaurs aren't new, we've discovered hadrosaurs before, but this is a really interesting specimen. Let me just bring this picture up so you can see a better idea. So here it is. This is where it was actually found. And isn't that fascinating? You can see, like, he's got a tail and a bit sticking out in the front there. Um, and these are some of the paleontologists that actually discovered it. Um, and they believe it's a complete uh, skeleton. Now, the really, really exciting part about this is it's not just um, the skeleton they discovered. They've actually found patches of fossilized skin. And you can see that the, the skin actually, if you think of like a basketball, something like a basketball, and the way that the basketball is pebbled, that's how this dinosaur's skin was. The fascinating, fascinating find of um, hadrosaur in rock face now it's not out yet okay they've been working on it all week yeah they've been working on it all week they've at the moment they've, just, they've actually taken out about a hundred tons of rock from around the fossil so they're digging around it then they're going to put it in plaster and bring it out inside the rock and take it somewhere where they can work on it in controlled environments so now they've discovered it it's really important that they can get it out as quickly as possible but they've moved about 100 tons of rock around this guy already. And that means sometimes they have to dig right down from the top of a mountain, from the very top, all the way down until they can actually get to where this fossil is. Um, as we said, it's a hadrosaur. Now, this particular specimen is about 13 feet long. Now, that puts it as a, like a juvenile because it's only about half the size that an adult would be. So he died very young. And again, that's important because we don't have many young juveniles um, or young dinosaurs of this particular breed. Um, it's, about, as I said, 13 feet long. He died about 76 million years ago, which puts him in the Cretaceous period. Now, when he's finished, when they've got him out, when they've finished with him, it will actually be displayed or live in the Royal Tyrell Museum in Alberta, in Canada. Now, the Royal Tyrell Museum is on my bucket list. It's one that I desperately want to go and see. And it's, it's arguably the best dinosaur museum in the world. So if you ever get a chance to go to Canada, um, try and get it into the trip. It's near Calgary, up near the mountains up there, um, the Royal Tyrell Museum. And the reason it's up there is because they find a lot of dinosaurs in the area, in the Alberta area, and they bring them to this museum and they work on them until they can show them. So there we go. Isn't that fascinating? There are two amazing finds just this week. Now, some of you guys have been watching regularly. You know that we're regularly, continually finding brand new dinosaurs all the time, roughly about one a week. So if anybody ever tells you they know all the dinosaurs, that's not possible because we're still finding them now, about one a week. And we have been doing for about the last 10 years. So again, two amazing finds of fantastic specimens. Isn't that cool? I think it's, it's real good news coming out. And every week there's more and more stuff. 
So we're going to have a look at our dinosaur of the day now. Okay, um, the dinosaur of the today was suggested by this young lady here. Here's a picture of Emma. She's one of our superstar dinosaur experts. She watches regularly and I can see she's watching today. Hello, Emma. Um, and she is an incredible, incredible knowledge of dinosaurs. Uh, there's not much she doesn't know. And when I get stuck and I need to know something, then Emma is the person that I go to because she tells me a lot more. She's very, very educated, incredible knowledge of dinosaurs um, and something, somebody that we can all learn from. So, Emma, thank you so much for suggesting this dinosaur, the Elasmosaurus. Um, I'm going to go through some of the details that I've been reading up and learning. And if I get something wrong, you'll have to let me know, okay? All right. So, the Elasmosaurus, he's a type of pliosaur. And he's a marine reptile, so he's not really a dinosaur. He's a marine reptile that lived at the same time of dinosaurs. And when we say marine reptile, it means that he lived in the water. Now, because he lived in the water doesn't mean that he breathed water like fish do, okay? This guy needed to breathe air, very similar to the way a dolphin or a whale would need to come up to the surface and breathe air. This was the same with this guy. So he would come up, get an airfall, and then go underwater, probably for quite a long time, um, but he did need to breathe air. He lived about 85 to 65 million years ago, and that puts him right into the late Cretaceous period, okay, which is the very end of the dinosaurs there, the late Cretaceous period. And he was first discovered in 1871 in Kansas. Now, hang on a minute, Kansas? Kansas is in the middle of the landlock of America. How can this guy, an Elasmosaurus who lived in the water, that doesn't make sense. How can he be discovered in Kansas? Well, what you've got to remember is in the dinosaur times, in the Cretaceous times, a lot of the Earth was actually separated and it had water in between. So Kansas would have actually been underwater at the time. So that's why this guy was discovered in Kansas, because at the time it was covered in water. Now, over the millions of years since then, the water has evaporated um, and the land has moved and spread apart. And so that's why the Elasmosaurus was discovered in Kansas. Now, thinking about that, it's not unusual for us to find dinosaurs on top of mountains. Does that mean they live there? No, no, not at all. It means over the millions of years, as the Earth's crust has moved around and pushed against each other and pushed the ground up into the air, the dinosaurs that were in the ground at that time are now finding themselves on top of mountains. It doesn't mean they lived on top of the mountain at the time. It just means that as the land has moved, that's where they've been moved to. So let's have a, a bit of a, a think about the Elasmosaurus. Now, the Elasmosaurus, he was famous for having a great big long neck. Okay, and in that neck, he had um, what they call cervical vertebrae, which is the, the bones in between sort of like his shoulders, or where his shoulders would be, and his skull. And he had, uh, he had 71 of those. So he had 71 of the cervical vertebrae between his head and where his shoulders would be. That made it extremely long, very, very long. Now, even though it was long, it's been estimated that there wasn't very much movement in this neck. You'll sometimes see images and pictures of the Elasmosaurus with his body under the water and his head looped out of the water. It's not believed that was possible. In fact, 
anything that you lift out of the water loses its buoyancy. It means it doesn't float. So if he was to lift his head out of the water like some of these pictures show, he would have to have a lot of muscles in there to keep it up in the air. And we don't believe that the Elasmosaurus did. So its long neck was kept pretty much straight. There would have been some movement there for his head to go from side to side, but it wouldn't be able to swing its neck around similar to the way that a giraffe might do. It would be long and straight for the majority of the time. Now, that meant because he didn't have a great big amount of movement with this neck, he had to hunt his prey differently. And it's believed that he probably came from the depths of the sea into a shoal of fish. So what would happen, because he'd got this great big long neck, his large part of his body would be deep under the ground. So by the time the fish realised that they were actually in danger and being attacked by the, the Elasmosaurus's head coming through, they wouldn't have seen his body. So it, it gave him a chance to ambush the fish and the food that it was looking for. So let's think about his teeth now. His teeth were very spiky and they intermeshed, which meant that they would go side by side when he closed his mouth. And that enabled the Elasmosaurus to catch the fish on his teeth. It would spike them and it would pierce through. So it stopped any fish that it was trying to catch from being able to flip out of its mouth. Unlike, unlike other dinosaurs where the teeth are quite thick or they grind, this guy had spiky teeth which was great for catching fish because it's just like a trap. It would trap and it would puncture through the fish. Now, because of that, he didn't have any teeth to grind with. So he couldn't actually, once he caught the fish, he couldn't grind them into little bits and swallow them. So, <coughs> so it's quite possible, that, and it's believed, probable, that he would actually swallow the fish whole. Now that causes a problem. So if you're swallowing whole bits of food without chewing it, then you can get a stomachache. Your food struggles to break it down. And gastrolites have been found in the fossils of the Elasmosaurus. Now a gastrolite, let me explain. It's like a it's like a round pebble. Well, I think we've probably talked about it on dinosaurs before. So the Elasmosaurus would swallow, swallow small little stones, round stones that it would have in its stomach. And when it ate something like a fish or something like that, it would bash against these stones and those stones would work very similar to the way our teeth when we grind things down, those stones would grind against the fish and against each other and break down whatever's in the, in the dinosaur's stomach so that it could actually consume it and, and it would go and make energy. So um, that's an interesting part about the dinosaur there. He had gastrolites. And, and you'll, met, you'll notice many, many other dinosaurs did the similar sort of thing, like the big sauropods. They had gastrolites in their stomachs as well. If you think about modern birds, if any of you have a small budgerigar or, or baby birds that you have at home, you feed them seed, but you also give them like, like, um, like sand, very small grit. And that's exactly the same reason, so that they can get that grit inside them and it helps to break down the food when they're eating. So that the size of the Elasmosaurus, he was, um, as you can see here, he was about 13 metres long, but the majority of him was his neck 
and his head. That was the full length of him. He was really long, but the majority of the length was, was actually his head and his neck. And as we said, he used that to his advantage. He used that so that he could ambush his prey, so he could sneak up from, from the depths of the water into a shoal of fish. They wouldn't see him coming. And before they knew it, his head and his long neck was in the middle of the shoal of fish, and he could attack them and get them. So there we have it, the Elasmosaurus. And thank you uh, so much, Emma. I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed that. I hope I didn't get too much wrong. And if I did, you can you can tell us and, and tell us how we did. So what did you think, guys? Did you like it? You think that's a really cool dinosaur? I do. I love that. I love the Elasmosaurus. Now, if you wanted to come and see us, come and see our dinosaurs. Got a good announcement for you. On the 15th of October 2022, in case you're listening in about a year's time, uh, we are going to be at the Livingston Parish Main Library at 11am through 3pm. And I believe we're doing about four shows. The shows are about 20, 30 minutes, something like that. You're going to get to meet Rexy, who's our baby T-Rex, very mischievous. You're going to get to meet Nash, our 15-foot T-Rex, who walks around and, and keeps himself entertained and everybody else. And you're probably going to meet Brutus, who's our Carnotaurus, who I'm learning to ride. Um, we've got a saddle on him, and I should be riding him around. So if that thinks you, if that sounds like it could be interesting for you, then do come along. Come and see us at the Livingston Parish Library. Come and support your local libraries. They need your help. Come and join the library, and come and visit us. It's at the book fair at the Livingston Parish Library, 11 till 3 on the 20 sorry on the 15th of October 15th of October 2022 see you there guys all right until next time bye bye <laughs>